Hey, you guys, the new year is just around the corner. Have you set your New Year's resolutions yet? Hi, I'm Cam, holistic health coach, mom to two humans and four pets. Hi, I'm Amelia, laboratory scientist by day and food scientist by night. Welcome to our show. Join us as we share our holistic approach to life after 50. You can expect real life stories with a dash of humor and a ton of truth. If it happens in midlife, we're going to talk about it. So hit that subscribe button and follow along. We're the Midlife Mamas. Uh, Confession, Amelia, I hate goals. (laughs) Girl. I am right there with you. Every time my friends start talking about New Year's resolutions, especially if it talks about some athletic goal or weight loss goal, I am in my mind going, la, 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 I'm not listening to you. <laughs> so I'm right there with you. I think that's a tough thing to sell. I do. And do you do you set resolutions for yourself or do you does your family? Not that I'm aware. This wasn't anything we ever did with the kids when they were little. Um, I just strive to be a little bit better every day. And I know that sounds so like, um, I don't know, just maybe like I'm, I'm trying to sound better than I am. But no, I just, I don't see any, for me, it's too much of a disappointment to say as of this date forward, I'm going to do X because I always end up breaking them. I hear you. In fact, only 9% of people achieve their New Year's resolutions, a recent study said. Holy cow, 9%. What are the other 91% people doing? (laughs) Exactly. So today, as we talk about the science of motivation and how to get and stay motivated, I think for me, Cam, one of the things that drives me, and maybe I'm just being, I'm looking for answers, but um, we've shared our Enneagram numbers before. I'm an Enneagram number three, and I'm a performer. So a lot of time my inherent need to perform is what drives me more than anything else. And I've thought recently because um, we have cubicles at work and I've never been that person that needed the ultra neat house or desk or whatever. And all of my coworkers have these nice, neat stacks of papers and framed accomplishments. And my crap's just huddled in a corner by itself. And I'm just like, (laughs) I just don't care. Like that is not an aspiration to me to have like awards in frames and publicate. No, I, I, no, all I need is my computer and my notebook. I'm good. Yeah. So I'm an Enneagram one and I'm all about perfectionists. And so I do have an explosion on my desk, but I do have like my college degree and my health, my health coaching certificate. I do have those on the wall. (laughs) Yeah. But you work in, I mean, mine are in my home. So I do, I'm proud of those accomplishments, but my office is a, like my office is a cubicle. Like there's fabric walls. (laughs) Like it's, it's not anything super nice, but it just, when we were talking about doing a motivation episode, I just began to observe those around me, especially at work, and kind of ponder what motivates you to do X and what motivates me to do Y kind of thing. I love that. I think my bad taste in my mouth came from coaching CrossFit for 12 years. And I would see women come in, new new women, new to the gym, which is amazing. And I love coaching women. I love that. But they would come in with these lofty goals like, I'm going to do pull-ups. And there's something called a kipping pull-up where it's kind of like a swing and a pull-up at the same time. And, you know, I feel like the goals are amazing, but they weren't 
they didn't take the necessary steps to get from A to B. They just wanted to go to A to Z. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I felt like their goals were more about what they couldn't do rather than working towards something that they wanted to do. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I just got a really bad taste in my mouth about goal setting. And the ironic thing is that's exactly what I do now. Like I help women reach their goals and I have this gift of seeing the steps that you need to take, the baby steps and celebrating the wins to get to the ultimate goal. Uh, anyway, I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> that's what I do for it, my job now. <laughs> it is funny, but I think it's a testament to your gift and your calling for helping people see those steps, because I think oftentimes they assume that this expectation is something set for them. And I think sometimes they really think that expectation is something they're setting for themselves when in fact it's external motivation instead of internal. And I think for a lot of us 80s children, that's hard to accept and unravel in our own psyche. We think, oh, I really want this. Do, do you really or is this something you think someone else wants for you? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so true. And I feel like it's okay to fail and it's okay to step off the path because that's part of the plan. <laughs> like you're not going to go from A to Z without taking some sidesteps. And I think working with somebody, I have a coach, I always have coaches in my, I, I have several coaches in my life right now. And it's like, they can see things in you that you can't see in yourself because you're like, you have your blinders on. I don't know. And I feel like it's, it's okay to be flexible and you're going to step off track. And that doesn't mean you fail. That's just part of the plan. <laughs> right. I totally agree. And any, you know, there's lots of memes and, and sayings that kind of paraphrase this idea. But if you don't try, if you, if you don't, how does it go? Something about you'll never know if you don't try and some, some trying is going to result in failure. Otherwise you're stagnant. So, you know, motivation to move forward is great as long as it comes from an authentic place within you. That's kind of my feeling. And then getting help from a coach or some trusted advisor to help you get there, I think is a fabulous thing. My business coach, this is what he says. You either get what you want or you get the lesson that you needed. And so there is no failing. Fantastic. Is that perfect? Oh, yeah. it's totally perfect. Um, at where I work, we have quarterly kind of check-in meetings and my vice president, she likes to, for one group and there's like eight groups, she likes one group to present what she calls a golden tactic. And this is something that you did and achieved. Like it's a goal, um, that your team set and you actually achieved. And the other, instead of, um, calling it unsuccess, she calls it it's fail as an acronym where it's first attempt in learning. And so mm. a lot of times these are new projects or new concepts that we're not sure if it'll work or not. And it didn't have the perceived outcome that we wanted, but again, first attempt in learning. So we learned maybe even if it's something as simple as this doesn't work, we did learn something. And I love that attitude. I do too. I love that because uh, you know, for me running a business, I've never run a business. I didn't go to school to be a marketer. I am a, I'm an educator. I've always been a teacher. <laughs> like that's what I do. And running a business is totally, you know, I don't know how to do that. That's why I have a coach. Right. And I love that. What you're saying first attempt in learning. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Right. So, um, Cam, what would you consider would be a way to have an effective goal setting process? 
Well, it's called SMART goals. And so um, it's each letter stands for something. So S stands for specific. You need a specific goal, you know, the who, what, where, when, kind of why kind of situation. M stands for measurable. Like that's the numbers, how many, how much, you know, I'm going to eat vegetables three days this week or what, you know, like think of a number. Um, Achievable. Um, And I think that's where I got messed up in the CrossFit gym. Can I, do I have the resources and the capabilities to achieve this? If you're walking into the CrossFit gym on day one, you're not going to be doing pull-ups, ladies. It's not, that's not how it works. Can I teach you how to do pull-ups? Absolutely. There are steps, there are things, there are exercises that I can get you there, but it's not on day one. It's not even on month one. (laughs) So, um, and if it's achievable, do I have what I need? Am I missing something like strength or skill or something like that? R stands for realistic. Is it within reach? Like, you know, I'm going to do a pull up by the end of the week and I've never done a pull up. That's not reasonable. Like that doesn't make sense. That's not realistic. And then T is timely. Like there is there a deadline? When do I want to achieve this? So smart goals are are very, very helpful. Um, in my business, I set 90 day goals. And when I work with clients, that's how we do it too. 90 day goals. But then weekly, we're working towards that 90 day goal. So that's how it yeah, works. I love that because yeah, that's what I was going to ask you is, you know, smart meaning having a deadline. But if it's a larger goal, do you have um, objectives or some, I don't know what word to use, where the increment of time is smaller so that you have little baby steps that you, because you, you know, just like with babies, you can't yep. run before you walk. So what, yep. you know, you set interim steps to, or interim goals or interim objectives to ob- achieve before you get the to the end. Absolutely. I call them weekly intentions. So these are our intentions for the week. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I call it. And then back to my teaching days, we had to write lesson plans. The student will be able to da, 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 da. (laughs) Like, so (laughs) I feel like I've been doing this since I graduated college in 91. We've been, the student will be able to whatever the thing is <laughs> specific. Well, isn't objective. that cool? And what mm-hmm. a blessing that your previous life as an educator is so valuable in your current life. Cause you're still an educator. It's mm-hmm. just taken on a whole different meaning. Told you. Yeah. It's fun. I love it. <laughs> I, love I love that it. too. Smart goals. Um, in the show notes, maybe I can put what that an acronym, yep. uh, that acronym means. Cause I think that's super helpful for people and each step, I think for each individual will turn out, they, they can see what each of those letters mean and how that applies to their goals. But I'd like to take a step back just for a second to talk about, um, how and why, uh, people tend to be demotivated. And and when I say that, what comes to mind is I have a lot of acquaintances, friends, family who, for whatever reason, know what is good for them and they do the opposite or they continue doing a behavior that they know is bad. This could be from anything from finishing the whole bag of chips to being a closet smoker to yelling at their spouse to being a helicopter parent. So there's a lot of, you know, we're not always talking about food and exercise here. Some of these are, are relational things. So I want to talk for a minute about um, some things that can demotivate a person. Can you think of something you'd like to share? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes people self-sabotage. They're like, uh, I don't deserve it. It's too hard. You know, maybe that's their mindset. Mm-hmm. And so they're just like, F it. I'm just going to do right. whatever I want. I'm not going to, why even try, right? <laughs> I can think back of times in my life when I've been like that. I'm like, why does this even matter? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think as women, we're unfortunately, especially susceptible to the self-fulfilling prophecy. And some of these may be, 
related to how we were treated as children. I mean, I think some of our generation, Cam, were probably still of the be seen and not heard kind of, they may have been part of those families. So I definitely agree with you. Um, And I think sometimes people think that's just really not my thing. Um, You and I both come from a very common um, background of relatively extreme exercise, but I have friends who truly dislike exercise. I personally don't understand that. So, you know, I would think that would be a challenge for, for someone like you coaching someone to try to get healthy if they really, really don't enjoy it. But I, I think that could, some people could say, I'm not motivated because it's just not my thing. Yeah, that's true. Or I can't do it. Like fear of, feel, uh, fear of failure. Like I'm afraid if I do this, it, you know, it guarantees my success. I won't try. If I can't, if I don't know I'm going to succeed, I won't even try. Right. I, I can think of times, you know, it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there and do something you've never done before. <laughs> and, um, that fear of failure could keep you stuck <laughs> for sure. Oh, absolutely. And some of that it, fear of failure can also be part of being embarrassed. Um, because when you do, when you are not successful, I don't want to say fail, if you're not successful and you've publicly professed this goal, it's hard to say, well, it didn't quite work out like I planned. So some people are like, I'm not going to try because I don't know. So, you know, kudos to you for starting your own business. Cause I know plenty of people that would be like, oh, heck to the no, I'm never going to do <laughs> yeah. that because what if I fail? I mean, it's scary. And sometimes I'm like, should I just go get a regular job? I mean, that crosses my mind. I don't know, weekly, monthly, it would just be easier, right? Just to clock in, clock out. But that's not what's in my heart. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I love that. I mean, and I call that bravery. So I love it. <laughs> um, but two other things that I've had personal experience with in my family are anxiety and depression. So if you especially and those are those are things that crop up quite frequently in midlife. Um, and so being motivated to make a change when you've lived 50 years in one direction, it's hard. It's extremely hard. Mm-hmm. And if you suffer from anxiety or depression, it's even that much harder. So um, I've experienced, my dad had problems with clinical depression. So I've known what that was and kind of what it looked like for my whole life. And I, the more I talk to people, the more I understand that this is so prevalent in our culture. And I don't even want to get sidetracked with how uh, food and nutrition augments those mental health states. But I think that's a real thing is that motivation can be vastly deterred by anxiety and depression. Makes sense. And next one on our list is overcommitted. <laughs> so if you've got too much going on, my husband's number one at this. If he has too much going on, he completely shuts off. <laughs> He's yeah. overcommitted. He just turns off. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it as well. And mm-hmm. uh, again, that this is a cultural norm for us. So, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I think we've touched off on this with other episodes, giving from a place of empty when you're overcommitted and you're doing for other people, it kind of, demotivates you to do things for yourself. Totally believe that. I think up through my 40s, that's exactly how I was living. I was juggling all the juggles and I was making sure it looked shiny and crisp on the outside and it was rotten to the core on the inside, Amelia. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's kind of like the term we've used before. I think skinny fat where it all looks great (laughs) on the inside, but uh, I mean on the outside, but the inside is a scary place. 100%. When I was eating jelly beans and candy corn, there wasn't body fat. I had had very little body fat because I was crossfitting like a crazy lady. 
but yeah, I was rotten on the inside, ladies. <laughs> and that kind of leads to our last point that could be a demotivator is chronic illness. So people mm. that suffer from chronic illness, it's very hard to make changes or to be motivated to make change. Um, and some of that could be chronic illness that is nothing you can help, but some of it is things that that you can't help. So we know that inflammation is rampant in our culture and that while a lot of it, um, you're told by a doctor, oh, well, we'll just give you this medication. This is some sort of inflammatory process. We know that a good diet of whole foods and some amount of exercise mitigates that quite a bit. So chronic illness is a big thing. I am not a doctor and I don't play one on TV, so I don't want to advise someone about their chronic illness, but be aware that some things that we're told is chronic illness is inflammation. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting while you were talking, sometimes chronic illness pushes people into motivation versus the opposite. That's a great point. And like, yeah, I'm going to change my diet. I am going to start walking after I eat. I am going to go to the gym twice a week or whatever, you know. So some people feel motivated by that. Like, oh, I'm going to take better care of myself. Really, I mean, that's what what this whole thing is. Like what we're doing is trying to help people take better care of themselves and understand that they're worth it and that you deserve to feel good. Like that's your, that's your norm. That should be your norm. (laughs) It's so interesting. You should say that because, um, at church today, they talked about worry and how people shouldn't worry that we're, you know, we're promised all this and that. And I thought that is so countercultural to say, don't worry, but Mm -hmm. it's really kind of what we preach as well, Cam, to live in the moment and understand that while not everything is under, is within our control, we can control our reaction. And so that kind of goes to, to me, it goes hand in hand with motivation to live well. Mm -hmm. Hundred percent. That's the only thing you can control is your reaction to something. That's all you have. You can't control externally things that are happening, but your reaction is the only thing you're responsible for. So I agree with you. <laughs> that's really good. And so while that's a great segue into some things we can do um, to keep ourselves present and in the moment and authentic to who we are. So so this is. Um, leading to things that can help us live better and feel less stress and worry less. And some of that comes with, you know, eating certain foods or avoiding certain foods. Is there some foods out there that you can recommend to people to kind of mitigate some of this stress? Yeah. So this next part of the podcast is inspired by Dave Asprey's article that came in my email this last week about like the science behind motivation. And one of the things that will help you is beating your brain fog, staying focused, your mental focus, your stress levels, your willpower, all of those things. So there are foods and drinks that we can eat that encourage that. So here's the list from the article. Coffee, thank goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Green tea. I know you're a green tea fan. I need to get Mm -hmm. back on that. Blueberries, I love, pomegranates, red cabbage, grass-fed butter, pasteurized eggs, dark chocolate, grass-fed beef and lamb. Not a lamb person. I think you are. Don't you do lamb? I, I, I have eaten lamb. I eat it maybe twice a year. I don't, mm-hmm. I like it the way I cook it. Um, I don't ever order it out, but yes, I do eat it. 
Yeah. Wild caught fish and grass fed organ meats. I'm not in organ meats either. Are you in organ meats? <laughs> I, I have tried, Cam. I um, would like to be because I'm a, very aware of their health benefits, but they're not tasty to me. So um, I, I'm working on that. But the one, the a couple of those that really stood out to me when you were talking grass fed butter or ghee, I love. And I've actually, Dave Asprey would be proud. I actually have been known there. I go through phases where I start my day with ghee in my coffee. Um, and also green tea. I, I absolutely adore coffee, but I do go through phases where I try to abstain from the coffee and lean more into teas, especially green tea. There are some tremendous anti antioxidant benefits to green tea. Yes. I'm reading a book called, Oh, I'm going to say it shit right now. <laughs> and I love um, it. It's, she's a naturopath doctor and she was reaping. She like green tea, green tea, green tea. It was all about that and how to have a healthy digestion is part of it. And green tea was definitely on her list for sure. <laughs> That That's really good. Um, and so, you know, a lot of these may not be what you would, what you would act necessarily think of in terms of eating for your brain. But I love, I've had all of those fairly recently, honestly, and try to keep those as part of my diet. The red cabbage isn't my favorite because it's not my husband's favorite. I have a little bit of a tough time working red cabbage in, but especially in the winter months, I do eat uh, cruciferous vegetables and I think red and green cabbage and Brussels sprouts mm -hmm. and those kinds of things. So I'm all about a colorful plate. Yeah. So that again, those are just some foods to add to your life that will help you stay focused mentally and reduce stress levels in your body. So sprinkle them in, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Uh, also, I see mentioned in our notes from Dave's article was the talk about intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. Can you talk about that for a second? Yeah. So when you're setting goals, you know, if it's intrinsic, it's inside of you. Are It's you versus you. It's not like you're not competing against anybody else or anything like that. Or extrinsic motivation is something outside of you. And so just being aware, what are your goals? Are they coming from within? Are they coming from without, like outside of you? And just being aware of that is part of it. I really love that. And I'm a personal fan of trying to analyze why am I doing what I'm doing mm -hmm. so that I understand, you know, understanding the motivation. And sometimes motivation is to start doing something and sometimes motivation is to stop. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So understanding what it is, because I think for me, and I can only speak for myself, it's if I can decipher that, it gives me a clue as to whether I'm going to stick with it. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times if it's something outside of myself, it's temporary. I'm not going to stick with that. Absolutely. And actually, another point on here is keeping your motivation energy on track. Researchers from the University of Winnipeg found that if you, you progress towards a goal, your motivational energy changes from promotion focused like gaining skills to prevention focus. Uh, so promotion focus would be like a positive affirmation or a positive, like if you want to get better at tracking your sleep then get an aura ring or, you know, do something like that versus taking something away from your life, like less screen time before you go to bed. So it's interesting that, you know, at the beginning, it's more external if I, I if I'm reading this right, and it's more about positive and building habits, and then it's about taking away to keep it going, keep keep your going. 
I love that. And, you know, as I've gotten older, I've seen that in practice. And, you know, you mentioned um, sleep. I am all about some good sleep. And I know you said, I think it's 2020 that you said you learned <laughs> yeah. how to sleep. Um, 2022 has definitely been my uh-huh, year uh-huh. to learn how to sleep. And I will tell you, this is kind of getting off in left field a little bit, but I love to talk about sleep now. So, um, <laughs> you know, a few years ago, if I woke up early, an hour early, for some reason, I just couldn't relax enough to go back to sleep. And now I wake up and it's like, ah, I get to go back to sleep for an hour. And so I don't know that change in motivation from go, 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 get up, get up, do more, more, more to relaxing, replenishing my body and recognizing the value of sleep. Because let's face it, sleep is non-productive time. And our culture doesn't celebrate that. But girl, I love me some sleep now. And I it, it harkens back to my 20s, my college years. I loved sleep and I didn't you know, view sleep as non-productive. And I think maybe I was wiser when I was 19 than I was when I was 40. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you think about what your body does while it sleeps, it detoxes, it, your digestion's getting a break. You're like, I don't know, regrowing your cells. You're doing all this amazing work behind the scenes and you need, you need, you need sleep. <laughs> like if you want to age well, which of course we do, <laughs> you need sleep. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, as we're talking about motivation, our motivation does change as we get older. Uh-huh. Um, I was motivated when I was in the extreme exercise world, if I was sick or unable to work out a day, it was, you know, it made me cranky and I was just thought it was the end of the world. And now it's just another thing. Exercise isn't something I force myself to do. It's something that I enjoy and understand is for my health. But when mm-hmm. I don't get to do it, it doesn't make me feel like less of a person. So the motivation for doing that activity for me has changed. Yeah. So it's not a punishment. Maybe it was like a more of a punishment for what you ate or didn't eat or whatever. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Our last one on here is decide what you want and just don't settle. Like no one goes to bed saying, I want third place. Like, (laughs) you know, so be the scientist and ask yourself, how can I achieve my goal? Like, or how can I sleep better? How can I eat more vegetables? Whatever it is, you know, and be a scientist, which also comes from my business coach, rather than like, oh, chicken little, the sky is falling. Mm -hmm. No, figure this out. Let's be, let's be scientific. Let's take the emotion out of it. What are the facts? What's the data? How can I move forward? How can I figure this out? (laughs) And we've said it before, be an experiment of one. And guess what? The beauty of this is you get to set the metrics. So I'm not saying to change and reduce the the metric, the measurable part of your goal, because you maybe you're not the uh, um, achieving what you thought doesn't no longer looks feasible. But it is about being that experiment of one and accepting where you are and going for for what you want and and measuring it in your own metrics, if that makes any sense. Because Absolutely. this is about you. This is about you. This isn't about anybody else. No, it's a totally about you. And it's okay that your maybe your motivation is extre- 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 external. Blech, I can't talk. Yeah. Maybe it is outside of yourself, but that's okay too. That's okay. Like awareness is really the name of the game here. So Amelia, are you going to set in a New Year's resolution this year? Or are you going to set eagles? <laughs> You know, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so, Cam. I think I'm just going to kind of 
I don't want to say cruise control because I always want to do better, but no firm goals that says by December 20 or by December 31, 23, 23, I want to be X. I think I'm just going to say on December 20, excuse me, December 31, 2023, I still want to be me and happy and healthy. Thanks for listening today. You can find us on Instagram at midlife.mamas. For all of our other contact info, check out the show description below, and we will talk to you next week.